we're a part together of really making a difference in people's lives during a season like this. And it seems like some of these small things are having bigger effects than they normally have. And of course, we also are getting to do some big things. Like I, I, I got to interact with a nurse who got a mask and who uh, also another who I was involved with the iPads and it just blew them away. <clears throat> you guys help make a big difference. So I want us to keep doing that together, knowing that God wants us to shine out his lights in this time that's not quite as bright as we want it to be. And by the way, I hope you're doing good during this season. Um, I don't know about you, but I still can't believe it. Like, this is like, I, I don't know, it's like surreal or, or odd or weird, all the things we have to deal with. Uh, let me give you one. I have not been able to decide, do I cut my hair or not? Uh, you know, do I give a COVID-19 haircut, you know, or do I let it go and let it grow? So I decided to do this since I can't decide. I'd like you guys to help me. So right now, I want to know, just put it in the chat. I've got people watching. Do you think that I should let it go and let it grow? Or is it time for the COVID-19 haircut? And uh, you'll find out on Wednesday or Sunday uh, what we all decide together. So right now in the chat, put that there. I'd love to know what you have to think about that. Uh, but we are watching things change. We're watching things be different. Uh, there was a man who was trying to sell his house during this season. And so he scheduled an appraisal and he got up that morning and opened the door and he couldn't believe it. Some kids in the neighborhood had toilet papered his house. I mean, they had covered the whole thing. And he stood there looking at all that toilet paper and the appraiser pulled up and he did the appraisal. And because of the toilet paper, the house was worth $50,000 more <laughs> than it would have been without the toilet paper. I know, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm loving these jokes, the COVID jokes, you know. Yeah, um, I don't know if you heard about the Catholic priest, young guy who uh, wanted to help his parish through what we were all dealing with. So he thought, well, I'll bring my services online. And then he found a way to serve communion to the people uh, without violating social distancing. And he even came up with an idea of a drive-up confessional. And the Monsignor came to meet with him and, and said to this young Catholic priest, he said, I am so impressed with you. I love the online service. I love the way you've interacted with communion. I'm not real sure about the drive-up confessional. And the young priest was shocked. He goes, hey, of all the changes I made, I thought you would like that one the best. And, and, and the Monsignor said, well, it's not that I don't like the drive-up confessional. What I'm not real happy with is the sign you put up. And the sign said, toot and tell or go to hell. <laughs> toot means honk your horn. Okay, honk your horn or go to hell. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you know what? I know for a lot of people, this is a hard time. And I know for a lot of people, there's a lot of struggle going on in your life. And, and so we care and I care. And, and I'm wanting to, to be with you in this and, and give you some answers that can make a difference. But I am aware also that a lot of you are struggling with this thing called despair. Despair. Despair is the complete loss of hope or the absence of hope. And a lot of people right now, if I asked you, are you dealing with this? Are you either having this upon you or in you? Or, or is this weighing down on you? You would say, you know, I am. I'm, 
I feel like I've got this complete loss of hope or, or an absence of hope in my life. I'm hoping even today to give you some hope. I'm hoping today to help you find God in, in a way to bring hope to you and, and not have to deal like this because I know it's hard. I know it's tough. And so we're in a brand new series in 2 Corinthians called Keeping It Real. And, and why are we choosing this book? Because it's an amazing letter that Paul wrote that deals with real life issues. And I want you to keep it real. I want to be real with you. Um, I have been having anxiety dreams. I am not, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be honest, I wasn't uh, thinking I was dealing with this in that way. I do know I'm under stress. I do know uh, uh, the burden of responsibility I feel like I'm carrying. I do know at times I have a lot of concern. But I've been turning to God's word. I've been praying and I felt like I was handling it, at least in the daytime. But at night, I'm having those anxiety dreams. Maybe you are too. And so I woke up from one where I just felt like I was losing everything that mattered. And what I mean, I couldn't find it. Like I couldn't find my phone, couldn't find my iPad, couldn't find my computer, couldn't find my keys. And like everything that was important to me, I didn't know where it was. And I was so frustrated in this dream and feeling like I couldn't progress. I couldn't get anything done. Then in that same dream, I felt like no one would give me any privacy. So not only did I lose all these important things, I lost privacy. And so in the dream, I was just trying to get somewhere on my own. And I went into the bathroom and I sat down uh, on the toilet. And so I, I'm sitting there and the door opens in my dream and people come in like it's no big deal and just start talking to me. <laughs> which all the moms of preschoolers are going, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Any moms of preschoolers put some amens uh, in, in, the, in the chat, you know, because I know that can be that way for you all the time. But seriously, I have been dealing with that and, and God's been carrying me through. And I want to talk about how you handle those moments where you either have despair, anxiety, maybe depression, uh, maybe maybe you're, you're, you're ruminating. We talked about that, those thoughts. Maybe you're just confused and perplexed. And, and Paul, in this letter, brings that out. Paul wants you to know there is an answer. You see, the Bible, if you're brand new to I, I, all this, the Bible's a real book about real people. And, and so what happens is God uh, peels back the veil. We get to see them vulnerable and transparent and honest. And we see people in the Bible who have real faith also having real struggle. Uh, because the two don't, don't always differentiate themselves. They very often go together. And, and so what you find is people who have a real faith in God will also go through trials and tribulations and struggles. And, and how we encounter it needs to be different because we know God. And here's what I want to tell you. In this season, I know it's true that God is good all the time. And then if we were together live, I'd have you shout back. And all the time, God is good. Let's do it on the chat, though. God is good all the time. And you write back, all the time, God is good. All the time, God is good. Maybe wherever you're watching, say it to your computer. Say it to me together. Let's be in this. God is good all the time. And all the time, what? God is good. God is good. And I know that's true. I know that more than ever. But I also know this. Not all times are good. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, but not all the times we live in, not all the times we experience, are they good? 
And we need a good God in times like that. We need hope in times like that. We need God's strength in times like that. And so what I want you to know in the Bible, we see people who are dealing with those kind of issues and, and they get honest about it. They get transparent about it. They get vulnerable about it. Uh, I was listening to Brene Brown, who's an expert on human behavior, and she's an expert on shame and how that can be debilitating in people's lives, but also vulnerability. And, and so someone asked her, one of the reporters asked her, they said, what would you tell somebody who's thinking about really getting vulnerable? And here's what she said. She said, I would tell them you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> okay, I'm quoting her. It's not me. That's what she said. But you know what I thought when she said it? Hey, it's true. It's true. And uh, I want to tell you that you're going to get hurt sometimes. The Bible says God wants you and I to be tenderhearted, which means we're going to get hurt sometimes. God wants us to be people of feeling, which means we're going to feel all the range of emotion. And then Brene Brown went on to say this, but I would tell a person who wants to be vulnerable, it's the only way to get courage. It's the only way to live a life of courage. And I know that's true. And it's true for me and it's true for you. And God wants you to be honest and vulnerable. Uh, there's some of you sitting around with people, family or friends, or, or maybe you're interacting as we have this time together. And, and I want to tell you, we got to get connected and we got to get real and we got to be vulnerable. We got to be vulnerable, not pretending, not putting on a mask, saying, you know, in this moment, I'm, I'm riding a high and that's good if you are. In this moment, I'm feeling pretty low. And you know what? At least be honest about it, because it's okay. Because we can get there together. We can get out of that together. And, and in this book of 2 Corinthians, Paul, Paul is going to be real with us. Uh, Paul is going to unveil some things about himself and how God carried him through it. So he's keeping it real by not pretending there aren't times of struggle but he also says there's times of victory. So even though there's times of struggle, Paul says, but I also have learned how to get to the victory. And so he's going to even open up with that. And we're going to see that in a minute. Paul, if you don't know who he is, at one point was named Saul. Saul. And, and he hated the church. He hated Jesus. He hated the church. He did whatever he could to destroy it. He was attacking Christians. And I don't mean just verbally. He did do it verbally, but he was also doing things to them, to see them in prison, to lose their homes, uh, to see them uh, uh, undergo hor horrible things, even death. He was a vehement opponent of the church. And then he was on his way to Damascus to attack Christians. And Jesus appeared to him in a blinding light that knocked Paul to the ground. And, and he couldn't see, but he could hear the voice of Jesus. And Jesus told him, why are you persecuting me? And why are you kicking against the goads? And which means, why are you fighting what my purpose for you is? And so in that moment, he realized Jesus was real, but he also knew he had been an enemy. But Jesus showed grace. Jesus showed love. And, and Paul was literally blind from the experience, but then he finally surrendered his life to Christ. He got baptized, and when he came up out of the water, scales fell from his eyes. And it wasn't just physical, although they were physical, but now he physically could see and spiritually could see. And he began to understand what life was about. He became so close to Jesus, he ends up writing most of the New Testament because Jesus inspired him what to say. So when you read 2 Corinthians, it's what God told Paul to write for you and me including the vulnerability, including the transparency. And so we begin to see that. 
So in 2 Corinthians 1.8, in the opening of this letter, Paul says these words, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction. He said, man, I had it tough. I had it tough, and I, I'm not going to hide that. It goes, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively. Are some of you burdened excessively right now? This is for you. This is for you, because we're going to talk about how to lift that burden. He goes, beyond our strength. This was so hard, I could not do it on my own. The good news, he had God's strength, but he didn't have a strength enough in himself to make it through. And he goes, so that, I was so burdened, I, I was so worn down, so that we despaired even of life. Despaired even of life. Uh, by the way, the, the New Testament is written in Koine Greek. Uh, it's a very rich, deep language. This word, despaired in the Greek, uh, actually means extreme despair, implying both anxiety and fear. So he had both anxiety and fear, and it was extreme. And, and here's what I want you to know, though. This word is in a tense. The Greek has tenses, and this word despaired is in the arrowist tense. Now, what does that mean? Why is that important? It means it's a one point in time. In other words, he wasn't despairing, but he had this time of despair, this moment of despair, this, this season of it. And, and so what happened in this, he said, you know, I had to get out of it because I didn't want that to define my life or dictate my actions and feelings. So I had to rise above it. He said, but I reached that point. I fought that battle. And here's what I want you to know. Some of you right now are in that moment. You're in that point. You're fighting that battle and you can win. You can win. And, and you know what? But you can only win with Jesus because we're with Christ Jesus. We're always led to eventual victory, but it doesn't mean there's not going to be struggles. And so Paul right now is saying that. And the reasons he felt this way were obvious uh, uh, why he felt it. Number one, he was being persecuted and physically and verbally uh, uh, under attack uh, from people outside the church. Even worse, he was being persecuted by people inside the church. I'll tell you, sometimes people who call themselves Christians can be mean. And they can be vehement in their attack on Christians. And, and it's sad. It's just sad. And I want you to know, maybe some of you have struggled with watching Christians be that way. And it's God never wants it that way. But Paul was under attack that way. And then uh, it, it was the kind of the capstone of all this pain was that he didn't know what happened to his friend Titus. Uh, Titus was like his son in the faith, one of his best friends. And he didn't know where he was. He didn't know what happened to him. He didn't know if he was okay. And, and so he'd lay in bed at night wondering, where's Titus? Where's Titus? Praying to God, please protect him, praying he'll be okay. Some of you know that feeling too. Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a friend, a co-worker, maybe a, a fellow brother or sister in Christ or so. but you know what it's like when you're so concerned for them that your gut churns and you'd rather take the pain, but you can't take it from them or for them. So it just, you have that burden. It's a good burden. It's a tender-hearted burden. But Paul had that, and so he reached a place of despair, extreme feeling of despair, and, and he had to find a way to get it through. And so in 2 Corinthians, he talks about what real Christianity is like. That's what we're calling keeping it real, what it's really like to be a Christian. And he opens up by saying, sometimes we fight those battles. Sometimes we have those feelings, you guys. Sometimes we all have those feelings, and, and, and we don't want to hide that. We want to be honest about it. Uh, so when you rejoice, man, rejoice. But when you weep, 
Don't hide the tears from God or anyone else. Find people who care about you to be around you. And Paul, Paul wanted to see what real Christianity is like, both the joy and the tears. Uh, by the way, I used to work in the banking industry. And uh, they had a fraud prevention training program we went through. And, and what they wanted us to do is to be able to spot counterfeit money and counterfeit uh, IDs, driver's licenses and other things. And so here's what I want you to know about how they trained us. They actually brought me and the people who were in the training to a vault, a big bank vault, like, like what you'd see with the door, you know, the huge old vault door. And we went inside and there was all this money in there and they had us handling money. Uh, 20s and 50s and 100s, but here's the thing, they were all real. They, the way they taught us to spot the fraud, the counterfeit, was by us studying the real thing, touching the real thing over and over and over and over, and it worked. So when it got in the bank, we had, didn't study the counterfeit, we didn't study the fraudulent, we studied the real thing, so when the fraud came along, we could spot it. Same with driver's license, same with all, see here's what I want to tell you, this letter is going to help you spot what's real from what's not real, what's true from what's fake. The authentic Christianity from the fraudulent Christianity. So if someone calls himself a Christian, it's mean, cruel, and, and judgmental, I want to ask you, when you look at Jesus and look at the real thing, you're going to see that doesn't line up. We're also going to see how real faith works in the good times and in the bad times. So that's why we're digging into this. That's what we want you to do because the real thing is dynamic. The real thing is positive, not negative. Radical, not superficial. Humble, not self-praising. Compassionate and never indifferent. Compassionate and never indifferent. And I don't want you to miss out on the real thing. I don't know if you heard about the time that the Pope died and he went to heaven. And uh, St. Peter met him in heaven and said, you're here. And he said, I am Peter says, what do you want to do? And the Pope said, I want to look at the original manuscripts of the Greek from, from the New Testament. And Peter goes, well, we have them. Come and look. And so the Pope was all excited and he went and he's reading and reading and reading. And, and then all of a sudden, Peter hears the Pope crying and, and he's crying hard. And Peter runs over and goes, hey, there's no tears in heaven. What are you, what are you crying for? And the Pope goes, they left out the R." They left out the R. There was supposed to be an R. They left out the R. And, and Peter goes, I don't get it. He goes, and the Pope said, it was supposed to say celebrate. And we left out the R and it was syllabit. Celebrate, celebrate. <laughs> Do you get it? Celebit means you don't, you don't have a relationship. You can't get married. And they left out the R. <laughs> you know what? Don't leave out the R. Don't leave out a piece of what God has for you. Don't Turn your back even a little on it. Embrace everything. Throw yourself in completely. And God, in the end, you'll celebrate. And you won't be lonely. And you won't be hurting. And, and all that's there for you. And then when those times do come, you'll still get through them because there'll be a moment in time, not a definition of your life. God wants you to have that. And so what we need to do is we need to find what Paul found. And Paul found that the true message of Jesus, that good news of Jesus, really did carry him through. That's real Christianity. You're going to have a struggle, a battle, but you'll come through the other side doing great. And so what we want to do now is open up this study by looking at two things that help Paul go from despair to victory, from despair to care, from despair to to having that celebration. What is it that got him through? And the first thing that got him through was the comfort of God. So he got comfort straight from God. Now, by the way, this is really important. 
We're not talking about just having this belief maybe God's out there. It's about having a relationship with God. And, and I want to talk about that. In a real relationship with God, in your time of need, you get comfort from God. It's real. And if you're not getting that right now, I want to help you get there. Uh, maybe right now you need to open up more to it. But look what Paul said happened to him. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and, look what it's called, God is the God of all comfort. Not some comfort, all comfort. It's all-encompassing, all-pervasive. It's the God of all comfort. And in verse 4, he says this. He said, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Notice it's in all our affliction. And then when that happens and you get comforted and I get comforted, we go and comfort other people who are in any affliction. Uh, why? With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This is all encompassing. This is always true. This is time tested. What do I mean by that? We see that from the beginning of the early church all the way till now, this works. And God is a God you can count on. God is a God of all comfort. And God wants you to experience that. And God wants you to, to know what it's like. And I have. I, uh, when my, my little son, my, my oldest son was just little, I took him to the doctor. We knew something was wrong, but I didn't think it was very bad. And the doctor said, I need to see you outside. And we walked outside with my son left in the room. And the doctor said, I have bad news for you. Your son's not going to make it. It's just, you need to know it's highly likely he won't make it till Friday. And it was a Tuesday. Pam wasn't there. I was just me and him. Man, my heart broke. I can't even tell you I wasn't ready for that. I, is any parent ready for that? And so I remember I, I, I call Pam and I'm crying and then I tell him and, 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 and I try to let him know in a way he can understand. And then Rich and I prayed and, and I felt God. I felt God with me. I felt God come. There's a moment he and I were kneeling together and the uh, at Cedar sinai Hospital in the, the room he was in, and it was just me and Rich, and, and God's Spirit came, God came, and God put his arms around me, and he was there. Pam finally made it down, you know, she rushed as quick as she could, and we're standing out in the hallway while the doctors are doing another examination, and man, I broke, I started crying, I, I was, it was gut-wrenching crying, Pam had to hold me up, and then God came again. It was real. It was real. The God of all comfort was with us and he took us through. And by the way, praise God, my son actually had a miraculous healing. But, uh, but, but God was with me. It'd be about eight years later that my father would be struck with a horrible disease called Crutchfield-Jacobs disease. It's where prions, proteins, eat your brain. No one knew what was going on. No, no one knew what disease he had. It was scary. My dad, who was the bravest, most courageous man I know, was starting to waste away in front of our eyes, filled with fear because the brain, that area of the brain was being eaten. And, and, and so he now became afraid. And then he became incredible pain. And one night my mom called and said, you got to get here quick. And Pam and I and my sons, we rushed to Kaiser Hospital in Riverside. When I opened the door to, on the third floor of the elevator, st stepped out, I could hear my dad screaming. I knew it was him. 
And I ran down the hallway and threw open the doors. And there's my dad. He's strapped to the bed so he won't hurt himself. But he's screaming in pain and shaking the bed. And my mom and, and the doctors and nurses are standing against the wall because nobody knew if it was contagious or not. And I started to cry again and, and cried hard. And I said, God, either take him or heal him. Either take him or heal him. And God didn't do either one, at least not in that moment. What he did do is come and love on me. I felt God. I felt like his arms were around me. I felt his presence there. He was the God of all comfort. And I want to tell you, that's what Paul had. That's what I had. That's what you need to have. And right now, maybe you're worried about your job. Maybe you're worried about you're getting sick. Maybe right now you're wondering, uh, uh, what is the next day's going to hold? How long is this going to go on? Maybe you're saying, you know what? All of the things that are happening now just made my life worse. I already was struggling. I already was in pain. I already I, I was taking things I shouldn't take and, and drinking things I shouldn't drink. Or I'm so was already in debt and now it's worse. And, and you know what God is saying to you? Let me start by comforting you. We'll get on to it. We'll get it through. But let's start with what you need the God of all comfort. Right now, some of you need that. You need to open up to God that way. Right now, some of you, you need to pray for people you know who need that by name. Pray for them by name. Say, God, I want you to be the God of all comfort for them. I want you to come to them. Now, don't miss what happens, though. When God comforts me or God comforts you, what are we supposed to do? We're comforted by God so we can comfort others. So here's the thing. When I get blessed by God with comfort, which is a blessing, then I'm blessed to be a blessing. Don't forever forget that. Matter of fact, put that in the chat. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Whenever God blesses me, I need to turn around and bless someone else. And when I bless someone else, it's more bless blessed to give than to receive. So I get more blessed. So you start a cycle of blessing in your life, even in pain. Because when God comforts you, then you say, okay, God, I'm going to comfort others which means you're going to get more blessed. So we're comforted by God so we can comfort others. Look how Paul words this. He said, who comforts us, God comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And notice what God is saying. I'm going to come comfort you, but now I want you to be the answer to other people by comforting them. And so God wants you and I to experience that and do that. So we need to do that. Now, here's what I need to tell you. You need to be connected to God for the comfort to come. You can't be disconnected with God and get his comfort. You got to be connected with God to get his comfort. So how do you do that? Well, number one, you commit your life to Christ, which will give you an opportunity to do later on. Some of you need to do that. You need to pray a prayer, a commitment. Then once you've committed your life to Christ, you need to be reading the Bible. Read the word of God so that you fill your mind and fill your heart with God's word and God's promises and God's truth. And that truth will set you free. Then not only do you need to be reading the Bible, you need to be praying and filling yourself with the presence of God as you pray and seek him. And God wants to hear your prayers. God loves your prayers. And prayer is just talking to God. So you just talk with God. Do it multiple times during the day. Do it all the time during the day, but start your day in prayer. Pray over your kids, pray over your wife, pray over your husband, pray over your friends and, and stop and pray with people. Just 
make that your who you are. Fill yourself with the presence of God in prayer. Praise is another way to do it. Praise music. Sing it. Uh, if you're like me, I can't sing. The Bible doesn't say sing a beautiful song. It says make a joyful noise. So, <laughs> so you know what? Just get out there and start pray, praising God. And you know what will happen? The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. So here's where I'm going. When we are filling ourselves, it's the, we're like the sponge. When you're filling yourself with God in his word, in his presence, and, and then in that moment you get squeezed, what comes out? Well, what comes out is words of praise. What comes out are words of blessing. What comes out are words of love. What comes out, get ready for this one, patience. <laughs> yeah, you want to get patience? Then fill yourself with God, and the Holy Spirit will give you the fruit of patience. Uh, you're going to find yourself not, not fear. You're going to find yourself um, having real faith when you get squeezed. So it becomes faith over fear. How? Because God's word gives you faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what happens is, is when you get squeezed, that's what comes out of you. But if you're not filling yourself with the good things of God, then uh, you're not going to get that. By the way, if too often we're filling ourselves with the opposite, and I'm going to encourage you not to do that, especially in this season. Uh, let me give you an example. Sometimes what we watch on TV, uh, what we're streaming online, cannot be the best. It can be bad. I want to encourage you to be hyper vigilant, not to let that happen right now. If you want to stream something good, go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube and, and look up the Chosen. There's eight episodes there. Binge on that. And you know what's about Jesus? It's incredible. One of the best shows I've ever seen. It's so well done. But no matter what, it's a show of faith. And when you fill yourself with that, you're going to find yourself when you're squeezed. Good things coming out. But if you're binging things that are violent. If you're binging things that create suffering, if you're binging things that don't show the quality of purity of God, and, and you're filling your mind with that, maybe on streaming, maybe on music, uh, uh, maybe uh, what you're reading even, uh, maybe how you're thinking, your thoughts are just caught on dwelling on that. Well, then you're, this is like COVID-19 thoughts. This is like a virus that gets in you. And then when you get squeezed, what happens? Then that's what comes out of you. So you get squeezed and words of anger come out. You get squeezed and, and mean-spirited attitudes and words flow from you. When you get squeezed, you're just incredibly irritable and not patient. When you get squeezed, then what happens is you go back and try to fill what just got squeezed out with things that will actually make your life worse and your attitude worse and, and, and your body worse. So we don't want to do that. We, we don't want to be filled with this. So I'm going to encourage you to connect with God so you're able to get his comfort. Connect with God so you're able to get his praise. Connect with God so what comes out is beautiful and wonderful. And, and your life uh, is a life of victory and not defeat. And so you and I need to do that. And so that's the first thing that happens is Paul is comforted by God because... Paul's connected to God. And so you and I need to be living that out. And then notice what happened to Paul. He went from in being in despair in a moment to having a life of victory. So in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Notice this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He's saying you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Spirit of God inside your body. When you become a Christian, God gives you his Holy Spirit so that 
the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Paul said, I was beyond my own strength, so I got power from God and comfort from God. And he said, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Look at this, perplexed, but not despairing. See, he despaired, but he wasn't despairing. This is a, in the present tense. And, and he, he said, I didn't have that. The present tense is it's constant, it's continual, it's who you are. And Paul said, I despaired for a moment, for a season uh, in that situation. But now that's not true in my life. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit and the comfort of God. And he said, many of you right now could relate to this. He's perplexed. Some of you are perplexed right now. You don't know what's coming. You don't know about your job. You don't know about your freedom. You don't know about your life. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what the world's going to be about. And Paul said, but I was never despairing when that happened to me. So you know, you can have that power from God. And then he goes on to say this. He said, I was persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body, the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. And he said, I was in this connection with God and I had his comfort and I had his strength and, and I got to a place of victory because of that. So if you find yourself in a season where you're sick, you need Jesus. If you find yourself where you've lost someone, you need Jesus. If you have, find your job is either gone or, or in danger of going away, you need Jesus. If your house is a mess, you know, in this season, you don't have the money in your pipes burst. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. So get close to God, get his comfort, and then be sure you comfort others. And, and that's the second thing. So Paul said, how did I get through this? Number one, I got comfort from God. Number two, I got comfort from others. So he was connected to God and connected to people, Christians, other people who love God. So be connected to other people who love God. And notice what Paul says here. He says this, but God who comforts the depressed, and don't miss that. God does not condemn the depressed. If you're struggling with this, God wants to be near and close and have you connected. God comforts, not condemns. God comforts the depressed, comforted us, by the coming of Titus. How did he get his comfort? He said, I got my comfort because Titus finally came. I was so concerned about Titus. I'd been praying for Titus. I'd been wondering about Titus. I was perplexed when it came to Titus, but God brought Titus to me and, and that brought me comfort. I got to be with Titus. I was in connection with him. And he said, not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted in you. As he reported to us, your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. He said, not only did I get comforted by Titus, I got comforted because you comforted Titus. Then Titus comforted me. Because why? When God comforted Titus, Titus comforted Paul. And the people of Corinth comforted them. And it was a cycle of blessing and comfort. And, and he said, you know what, man? I heard you guys care about me. I heard you love me. See, let me say this to you. We want, I want, we want, God wants you to be connected to a church. For you right now, I'm hoping it's Crossroads. There are lots of great churches, and, and as long as you're connected to a church, awesome. But I'll tell you what, some of you right now, this needs to be your church home. And it doesn't matter where you are in the United States, where you are in the world, we want to be your family. We want to be your church home, and we can do that. We can make that happen. And, and so, but we can't be anonymous. So what I'm going to ask you to do is to, to, to reach out to us so we can reach back out to you, and, and we could put you in a, a life group.
uh, a life groups where you get together with other people and you share. We have virtual groups that are meeting all the time, all over, for all ages, for all stages of life, for all likes. Uh, it could be a, a, a group of people who just like the same thing, and we want to have you get to know each other and care about each other. Now, if you're single, we have singles groups. If you're a man, we have men's groups. If you're a couple, we have couples groups. If uh, you're married, we have married groups. Uh, if you say, you know what, I, I want a group that can you know, be more focused for my junior higher. We have junior high groups, high school groups, college groups. We have children's groups, children's groups that are awesome, and we want to help you get a group no matter where you are. And we can put you in the same geographical region. Or it'd be kind of cool if you're in a group with people all over the world. Like right now, there's people watching in Romania. We'd love to have you in one of our groups. Uh, there are people watching in Mexico, Canada. We'd love to have you in one of our groups. So what you need to do is do this text group to 69922. Just text group. Text group to 69922. We will help you get in a group or help you start a group. And we would love that, that to be the case. By the way, research is unequivocal in showing that one of the factors in helping people with anxiety, depression, uh, uh, addiction, uh, is that you get into a support group and have a really good support system. By the way, right now, we have a ministry called Set Free, and that ministry is for people who are struggling with addiction. So if you have an addiction to, to porn, an addiction to drugs, uh, an addiction to alcohol, and if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, this group, they meet right now. You could be in a group and just text group to 69922, and we'll help you get into a Set Free group where you can meet together right now, virtually, and you're going to find it being effective and helping you get free. So no matter what you're going through in life, no matter who you are, get in a group. Right now, if you said, well, I'm not struggling, get in a group so you can help other people. If you're blessed, you're blessed to be a blessing. So make sure and do that and make sure and dive into a group and make sure you connect with God in that way. And, and see, we want you to understand that Paul said this. Paul said, I, I hit a place of despair. And I didn't have any strength. I didn't know if I could make it. And God came. He was already connected to God, but God made a difference. Right now, I'm going to ask you where you are with God. And I'm hoping you're going to connect to God and you're willing to connect to us as a church family. Right now, I want you to know God's love. I want you to know he cares about you. I want you to know he does make a difference. When I said this has been tested by time, it has. For centuries, what I'm telling you is proven to be true. Not just recently, but always. God always comes through because God is good all the time. Even in times like this. And if you do not know God, if you don't know his love, let me tell you, he loved you so much. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. It was a horrible death to die. But he died for your sins and my sins. He died so you would not have shame. You'd be released. You'd be free. You'd be new. He'd make you brand new. He died so you would not have the pain of affliction that you've experienced. In this season, some of you, you're sitting in your home you say, you know, I, I remember those words that were said to me. I remember that how mean that person I was married to was. I thought I'd trust them with my life. They could not have been more mean or cruel. And you know what? Right now, you got to get free from that. And you need to open up to Jesus and let him bring healing. He is called the great physician for a reason. He's called the wonderful counselor. Because no one can counsel you like Jesus. 
He wants to be with you and love you, but he wants it to be real. The Bible says that Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone, that means you, if anyone would open up to me, I'd come in and I'd be with them. He he loves you. Oh, he loves you. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you're not close to Jesus or you don't know God, maybe you never have met him. Maybe you've never committed your life to him. It's never been real for you. Pray this prayer with me right now. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer of commitment. Let's do it together. And you say yes to Jesus. Maybe you need to recommit your life to the Lord. At one time you knew him. It's time to come home. It's time to commit your life. Pray this prayer with me and come. Let him love you. And right now, I'm I'm believing God's calling some of you to pray this prayer. You could pray it alone. You could pray it as a couple. Pray it as a family. We've had whole families say, let's just do this together. Let's make our commitment. And it was awesome. You could do it as roommates, as friends. Just pray this prayer and say yes to God. This is your moment. This is your time. But I'm going to ask you to do it in a way that's real because we're about keeping it real. I want to ask you to pray this prayer, but I also want to ask you, as I get ready to lead you in this prayer, will you grab your phone, and I'm going to ask you to pray the prayer with me. I'll lead you, you pray it, but then at the moment we say amen, at the end, I want you to text amen to 69922. Now why? The word amen means for real. It means the truth. It literally means truly or the truth. And so you'll be saying, God, I'm for real. I really mean this. God, it's the truth. I really mean this. God, and what I want you to do, we'll pray the prayer and you just hit sin. And and at that moment saying, this is it. I mean it. And we want to get back to you. I have a a, a team of people who want to get in touch with you and help you uh, know what next steps to take and make sure you have a Bible. And we want to even get you a gift. But the thing is, we want to be able to to connect with you because you matter to us and you matter to God. So I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Pray this prayer with me right now. Are you ready? Let me pray for you first, but get your phone and go ahead and put amen on it and and get ready to send this text. Let's pray. Father, we know that while I don't know everybody out there by name, you do. You know every moment of pain, every tear they've ever shed, and you treasure those, the Bible says. You know every thought they've ever thought, every word that they've spoken and words spoken to them. And right now, God, I pray for those who, this is their time, this is their moment. I pray, I pray they could feel you stirring in their heart. I pray they could know this is a time that matters. I pray, God, they're gonna say yes. Oh, we pray they're gonna say yes. There's some of you out there, you already know people have been praying for you. This is the time. Let go and let God say yes. Some of you right now, you fought this off and you need God right now and he's always wanted you. Say yes. Pray this prayer with me. Get ready to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross for me and for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me, free me, Lord, from anything that's holding on to me or holding me back or holding me down. But I pray most of all that you'll make me yours, that you'll make me alive, and you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you. Just say those words. I say yes to you. 
Say, I say yes. I say yes. I say yes to you, and I say yes to the life you have for me. And this I pray in Jesus' name. And get ready. Get ready. Amen. And hit amen. Amen, amen, amen. This I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And text us amen so we can get back to you and, and interact with you in a way that I think you're going to love. And, and I'm so excited for every single one of you who prayed that prayer. And I cannot wait for you to be more and more a part of in connection with God and connection with our church family. So we love you. We care about you. I pray that this is a week you find God blessing you. May his spirit be upon you. May his love be within you. May his power be effective for you. And may you be comforted by God and comfort other people in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks again for watching this message. I think we should make this an every week thing. So I want to invite you to gather your family and friends to be part of our extended family by joining us right here online again next week. We're going to be live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss out on a new message from Crossroads. If you found yourself thinking, I wish so-and-so was watching this right now, then all you have to do is hit that share button and send it to them so they can be encouraged. And finally, if your life is being impacted by Crossroads, and if you want to be part of making an impact all over the world, you can text GIVING to 699-22 to make a financial gift today. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you again next week.